Losing the weight is just the first part. After that, there's a whole lot more work that has to be done and it's so much more mental. And I think that goes for anything you get and done to yeah. your body. I think you should do whatever makes you feel good, but I think that you should make sure you're in a space where you're like, okay, am I ready for the healing process? Am I ready for the questions that come after? Am I ready for the change in my identity? Because ultimately, every time you do something that's drastically altering your appearance, you're going to see a shift in yourself, negative, positive, whatever it is. You're going to experience a shift because you're going to be looking at yourself differently. And other people are too. Imagine the pressure I put on myself for having weight loss surgery and seeing these numbers. But then now you have people who know you had it and every day they're checking to see how much you lost or they're telling you how much better you look. And you're like, well, dang, I got to keep this momentum because if I gain five more pounds, then I'm going to look not as good as I do right now. Like it's a lot of pressure and people don't mean it maliciously. But if you already put a lot of pressure on yourself, like even without meaning to other people are adding to that. So I just think it's really important to assess why you want it and really think about how is this going to change my life? Because if I go back and look at it, I was never really unhappy with myself or my body. I just had a really bad connection to food and it was a relationship that had to be healed. Just like a lot of relationships from my trauma had to be healed. My relationship with food had to be healed too. Sandra Jo Holtz is a model, social media influencer, and self-love advocate. She also happens to be my actual cousin. I mean, fashion runs in the family, y'all. So when she's not saving lives as a 911 emergency operator, she's sharing her adventurous travels and the latest fashions for brands like Skims, Savage Fenty, and Fabletics, to name a few. But behind her captivating personality and gorgeous campaign photos, Sandra Jo's quest to spread the gospel of body positivity through her platform, Curves and a Carry-On, has left an impact on thousands of women across the globe, reminding us that all bodies should be celebrated and never marginalized. Check out our conversation. Hello, Sandra Joe, and welcome to a fashion moment. You guys, this is a very, just a very special moment for me because Sandra is not only like a model, a writer, an influencer, but she also just happens to be my cousin. I love it so much. So welcome to the show, Sandra. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So I'm doing way better now that I'm here with you. Oh my God. I love it. So you were, you were in San Diego. Now you're like in Atlanta. I just moved to Atlanta in June. Wow. Are you loving it? I'm trying really hard to love it. You guys, Sandra needs to get out. She needs to get out. DM her with some activities. I swear. She's new. (laughs) And I will answer. I will answer and I will be there. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I have so many questions for you. I mean, you know, clearly we talk like all the time and I consider you a sister. So you know, I'm just really excited to share your story with everyone. So let's start from the beginning. Let's do it. Where are you from and where did you grow up? So I grew up in San Diego, California. I was born in Portsmouth, Virginia. My parents were in the military. Don't remember any of that because when I was about three, we moved to San Diego. So the majority of my formative experiences are in San Diego, California. Love it. And what was it like growing up there? 
Um, until you leave, you don't know. But now that I've left, <laughs> yeah. now that I've left, I understand the privilege of growing up in San Diego. Wow. Uh, I loved it because there is something, I mean, there's something you could do every day. The weather is amazing. You're right by the beach, no matter where you live, you're really close to everything, but you're still really close to the mountains or the desert or the snow, like wherever you want to go, you can go do it all. So I was very fortunate to grow up there. It's also pretty diverse because we are such a big military city. So I mean, we had a lot of exposure, to different food, different culture, different style. Um, So I I really have no complaints. I love it there. Yes. Well, you know, I know it was cute and all, but in the words of Langston Hughes, your life ain't been no crystal stare. (laughs) It ain't been no crystal stare. So what has helped you overall just overcome some of your life's challenges? I mean, there's just so much that you, I mean, I, I, people would just be like blown away. And I mean, here you are just like on your IG, just like living the life. Like, how did you get through all of those difficult times? You know what? I, I wish I had a really good answer. I think in the last like 10 years, I could give you an answer for how, but honestly, all the stuff before that, I don't really know how I did it. I think a lot of it is just, um, the, the grace of God and the universe, like just being really kind to me because (laughs) I've always, I'm very fortunate to be a very resilient person. And I think a lot of resilience comes from looking around you and seeing that anything could always be worse. Even at my worst day, somebody's got it worse than me. Um, but also I think the biggest thing I've learned and the biggest thing I take with me into any situation is that I give myself like five minutes, right? Like five minutes to be upset, five minutes to be sad, five minutes to be devastated, whatever it is. I process the emotion and then I got to keep going because the reality is maybe not for everybody, but the reality for me is like, if I don't do something, it's not going to get done. Yeah. And I can't let life, everything in life will come and throw itself at you, but there's still things that have to be done. And if I'm the only one who can do them, I got to be ready. So I always, I really make sure I process the emotion so it doesn't get stored somewhere later for a meltdown when I don't need it. Yeah. And, um, we, we carry on. That's what we think. Listening to a lot of Mariah Carey, obviously. Constantly. Uh, Mariah. Mariah. Carey. We are lambs for life. Lambs for life. Forever. Forever. That is more accurate. And and also a good Kelly Clarkson will get you through. How did you know I was literally thinking that I was like Mariah or Kelly Clarkson? Hmm. We're we're (laughs) either trying to break away or shake it off, you know, like all the time. There's a Mariah Carey song for every one of life's situations. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I feel like Emancipation of Mimi covered a lot. At least it totally did. And that was a comeback for her. So imagine already being at the top and then still being like, you're, you had a hard time, but you were still at the top having a hard time. And then coming back and being like, but I, just in case you thought I wasn't still doing this, I am like, that's how we should all be doing life. Well, I got it. You know what? I've been telling people since it came out because I'm not a, a huge celebrity book fan, but Mariah's book on audio, you guys. Highly, highly recommend it. And I know so many people were like making fun of me, like my friends, and they were just like, girl, what are you, what are you talking about? I swear. And they came back and they were like, oh my God, it's so good. Life-changing. I recommend it to everyone. 
I told you when it came out, I was like, I pre-ordered this book and it's the only thing I'm looking forward to receiving in the mail. I get a lot of good mail, but I was looking forward to that book the most. It's great, you guys. But, you know, I just have to tell you, you know, one of the, the situations that you were in when you were working three jobs at one time, I remember like, even on my worst day, I was like, oh my God, Sandra was working three, four, four, four I'm jo- sorry, four jobs, four jobs, <laughs> four <laughs> jobs, like just making it and, and just pushing forward. So I've always, you know, admired that resilience in you. So I'm so glad you're, you're thriving now. So when did you discover your love for fashion and your own personal style? I mean, you always had like the, it, like accessory or like, remember when the smiley face t-shirts were in, like you were rocking it first. Like, where did this come from? Honestly, you, you know, my dad very well. And people on Instagram are pretty familiar with my dad at this point too. Oh, Lordy. Party Marty. (laughs) Party Marty. My dad, my dad has a style all his own. And I think because he was always so quirky, nothing really ever seemed out of bounds for me. Um, and also I've, I've always been very exposed to my parents were never the type to like keep us from watching TV or, you know, going and seeing the R rated movies and stuff. like. So I think I've always had like a finger on trends or on pop culture because it's never been something that was ever, uh, moderated for us. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> I mean, when your dad takes you to karaoke bars from the time you're like five years old, like you're going to see everything as it's co- going through its fashion cycle. <laughs> That's so true. I've never been afraid. <laughs> and if somebody had something I liked, if I mentioned that I liked it, my dad would be like, where'd you get that? And he would usually help me get it. Like if I saw something, you remember the smiley faces, like the yeah, t-shirt was it, but when everywhere. I found a smiley face backpack, it was over. It was over. And when I told my dad, he was like, say less, like, let's get it. So I mean, that could maybe work now. Like it could could be time. Yeah. The The 90s 90s are back. We're still doing Hello Kitty. Sanrio was in with smiley faces. So I feel like we could bring back the smiley faces and get away with it. I don't know that I'll be on board, but we could, if we wanted to. I just want to thank uncle Marty for, (laughs) you know, just exposing me to alternative music and allowing us as, as a group to perform the cranberries, you know, you already smashing know, pumpkins, smashing Nirvana. pumpkins. Oh my God. No and doubt. No doubt. All of it. All because of uncle Marty. Amazing. And I mean, cranberries. I mean, I just, just give me a mic and it's a wrap. If just zombie comes on, we better not skip zombie. The it's over. Yeah. Do it's not over. skip the song. <laughs> Do not skip the song. Well, you know what? inspired you you've always been a writer you journaling I mean she has like journals on journals on journals you guys and they were like color-coded and really cool what inspired you to start see Sandra Slim the blog the first one so yeah my first blog see Sandra Slim as I started going through my own weight loss transformation I started looking for resources I I do better when I'm trying to achieve something, if I can kind of go off of the experience of other people who try to do the same thing. Hmm. So I had weight loss surgery in 2011. And when I was looking into resources for, you know, new recipes or like health stuff, I came across a blogger that I really loved. And she was focusing on her journey in terms of like recipes for weight loss. And I was like, that's not for me. 
but I really love the accountability of what she's doing. And instead of journaling to myself every day about the same old stuff and what my process was or what my journey was, I was like, well, I could always throw it on the internet and then maybe somebody will find my situation and it'll resonate with them. But worst case scenario, I'll always have a place where I can go back and see it. Because if you journal, then you know, you have a million empty notebooks or half empty notebooks, because as soon as you start one, you find a prettier one. And then you start that one, or you end up having this for this, this one for this subject and this one for that subject. So blogging was great because it was the same exact concept, but way easier to edit, way easier to get back to. And also... Um, you have a lot of autonomy with how to connect with your audience. So I thought that C. Sandra Slim was going to be good, not only to track my progress, but also I was getting so many questions. I was one of the first people to get a vertical sleeve gastrectomy, the procedure I had, that's when it was new. Now it's very standard, but it was new then and not as much research was out. And I was also relatively young for a weight loss surgery patient Mm. at 23 years old. So, um, I felt like it was a good resource to have hanging around on the internet for other people who might be looking at the same thing. I had to do a lot of research. So it was nice to be able to put it somewhere in case someone else needed the same information. I love that. I love that so much. And what inspired you to get that surgery? Like, I feel like a lot of people now are getting it. Like, what are some of the things that they should consider before doing it? And also the reason behind it. And we'll get into, you know, the body positive movement, but just you know, the reasoning behind it, like what are some things that people should really check before they get a surgery like that? Oh, I mean, if I'm, if I'm keeping it at a hundred, I never in my life even considered myself being a candidate for it at my highest weight. I'm five, nine at my highest, I was 320 pounds, which looks a little bit different when you're five, nine and kind of like lighter than if I was like five, two and petite or something like, you know, if I was built small, which has never been my reality. So uh, when a doctor brought it up to me, I was very surprised and a little offended because I really was, I was right. like, I didn't know that it got that bad. Like that's where we're at. But it also, you know, the mid to the early 2000s, that's when weight loss surgery became the new weight loss fad. And I yeah. don't want to make that sound negative because I know that there's a lot of negative language when we come to diet talk or weight loss or all of those things. And I think that's a very personal subject. Yeah. And for me personally, if I could go back and do it over again, I would not have done my surgery. And the wow. reason is because having that surgery didn't fix my issues with food. My issues with food, one, again, I've always been bigger, right? But a lot of childhood trauma led me to food as a coping mechanism. And when you get these surgeries, no matter what they put you through to get ready for it, it's a 30 minute, one hour psych consult. And then they're like, cool, cool, cool. You don't seem like, you know, any of the main things we're worried about. You don't seem like you have like a history of things like trigger warning things like suicide or this or that. So you should be good, but nobody sits there and evaluates, you know, if you're a binge eater or if you are bulimic or if you're anorexic, plus size people deal with the same eating disorders. You don't have to be 90 pounds to have an eating disorder. And so I think that when we don't look at that completely, the issues I was actually having with food were never solved by the surgery. So I had to do a whole new journey. Also, if you've been big your entire life, imagine the identity crisis you have when you're 130 pounds lighter in a year and a half and you don't even look like yourself. It's like so, I didn't recognize myself. 
It's interesting you bring that up because I'm actually looking into a surgery to put my stomach muscles back after having kids back to back. And, you know, people are like, oh, you're fine. I'm like, no, it has nothing to do with my weight. It's literally just putting my abs back together so I can do crunches again (laughs) because I can't do them right now. And so I've been looking into it. And something that really struck me was that there was um, someone flagged, oh, like make sure that you're mentally stable because people get post-surgery like depression. And I was like, what? Oh yeah. It happened to me um, wow. with one of my skin removal surgeries, but it, it was more because uh-oh, uh-oh, I've been uh-oh, go, go, wait, go. Wait, you know? wait, you cut out. You cut out. Hold on. How about now? Okay. You're back. Am I back? Okay. Yeah. Um, I had excess skin removal surgery. And with that surgery, they, I had so much downtime and I started, once I lost my weight, I decided I was going to become a runner. Right. So I went from running like 10 K. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And (laughs) first of all, first of all, you were, you were going up hills and mountains. I was like, well, okay. All right. Talk about an identity crisis. (laughs) I hate running. I was paying money to run. And one day I was like, I actually hate this. Why am I doing it? And I stopped because I was like, just because I have a new body, just because this sounds like something people will be proud of me for doing, I don't want to do it Uh, because it's not fun for me. I I get no joy out of it. I get the cardio and I guess I'm, I'm skinnier, like cool, but I hate it. I loathe it. I do not look forward to it. It does not bring me joy. I'm not doing it anymore. But I was so used to training for a race and working, you know, 12 hours a day, X, Y, Z. And then now I'm like stuck in bed with these like drains filling up with fluid and I, and my scars aren't closing and like all this stuff. Oh and I God. was like, I hate it here. So post-op depression is a real thing. And again, I think that we're so cavalier. So many of these things are so easy to do now that I think yeah. that BBLs everywhere. Me- Oh yeah. Um, it's everywhere. It's and insane. Like everyone has a BBL. <laughs> there's wild. nothing wrong with it. There's nothing, nothing wrong. wrong with it's it. It's just but, everywhere right now. <laughs> but take it very seriously when they yeah. tell you what to expect or when somebody tells you, like people ask me about weight loss surgery all the time and I don't mind answering questions, but honestly, I don't even tell most people I had it done anymore. One, because if you're really paying attention to me, you can Google me and find out I had it because I have a whole blog about it. Yeah. But two, my experience is not going to be the same as yours. Exactly. And until you're in it, you won't know. But your doctor's going to tell you something different than mine did. And your experience, so your healing is going to be different than mine. And a lot of people want to cut corners. And this is not this is not a shortcut. There are no corners. And then losing the weight is just the first part. After that, there's a whole lot more work that has to be done. And it's so much more mental. And I think that goes for anything you get and done it, to yeah. your body. Yeah, I think you should do whatever makes you feel good. But I think that you should make sure you're in a space where you're like, okay, am I ready for the healing process? Am I ready for the questions that come after? Am I ready for the change in my identity? Because ultimately, every time you do something that's drastically altering your appearance, you're going to you're gonna see a shift in yourself, negative, positive, whatever it is. You're oh. going to experience a shift because you're going to be looking at yourself differently. Wow. And other people are too. And you imagine the pressure I put on myself for having weight loss surgery and seeing these numbers. But then now you have people who know you had it and every day they're checking to see how much you lost or they're telling you how much better you look. And you're like, well, dang, I got to keep this momentum because if I gain five more pounds then I'm going to look not as good as I do right now, like it's a lot of pressure and people don't mean it maliciously, but it's, it's, 
And if you already put a lot of pressure on yourself, like even without meaning to other people are adding to that. So I just think it's really important to assess why you want it and really think about how is this going to change my life? Because if I go back and look at it, I was never, I was never really unhappy with myself or my body. I just had a really bad connection to food and it was a relationship that had to be healed. Just like a lot of relationships from my trauma had to be healed. My relationship with food had to be healed too. And I didn't really surgery to do that. Wow. That's amazing. I was actually, um, my follow-up question was going to be like, what was, when was the moment that, um, you officially accepted yourself? It seems like it was very early. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I mean, because society, I mean, people, i it's, it's insane. First of all, like what constitutes plus size and what constitute, like, it's like what constitutes like a healthy body, but even that those numbers are biased, like from a medical perspective. So it's like, imagine going back to going back to when I was five years old and on top of the world, like there was no body positivity. There was no Ashley Graham. There was no plus size sports illustrated model. There was none of that let alone women of color, let alone like representation in general was so far-fetched when I was younger. But I think, um, I had a very unique experience, right? I have a white mom. I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. And even with those factors, uh, nobody ever really brought it up. Nobody ever really brought up that I look different. Nobody really brought up any of that. And when they did, it's San Diego laid back. It was real weird. So then when people did, I would always be like, that was weird. <laughs> Cause yeah. I'm like, that was weird. Nobody ever says that. So I, if I look back at a very young me, uh, she had no problem like being her. So I was always in, you know, I was always in a talent show. Yep. Um, whether it was at school or like my dad was entering me in competitions around the city for like different things because I, I had no problem getting up and, and doing it. I had, nobody could tell me anything. And, you know, then you get older and you get into those like middle school, high school years. And you have those people who are like so self-loathing that they need to focus on you instead. And I've always been a very like, everybody can be my friend. Like, I love everybody. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what's going on. Like, if you're nice, I'm nice. And so it was a big shock for me going into that space and having like more of the body awareness. Mm -hmm. And I think, honestly, it wasn't even the people. I think that if there would have been more availability for, you know, trendier clothes for being plus size when I was younger, that honestly would have eliminated probably 50% of the issues I was having. Yeah. But I had to shop in like the women's section. Oh man. It was a lot more matronly back then. We didn't have Lauren Ralph Lauren at like age that's assuming you have the access. Like my parents were not taking me to JC Penny or, you yeah. know, or Robinson's May. Like I was at target. I was at, we didn't even have Walmart in San Diego at that point, but I was at target. I was at like off brand stores. So now not yeah. only am I not wearing designers or brands, but now I'm also dressed like somebody's grandma. Like, mm. And, you know, and I'm wearing a flowered shirt or I have like some silly saying on my, you know, there was not, (laughs) you know, the classic joke of like plus size clothing is like stupid saying, uh, inspirational quote flowers or like some random stripe pattern that makes no sense. Like there was nothing. So now 
there's so much more accessibility. And I feel like the, I feel like it's really flipped the script for us because there is more body positivity because there is more representation in fashion because there is, we're still not where we need to be with size inclusivity, but we're getting so much better. And I think we need to take that for what it is in stride, but it wasn't like that. So I think there was like a re-acceptance of myself, probably like my junior year of high school, junior, senior year of high school. I was really lucky to, to move to, I came to San Bernardino. And I went, I moved in with your parents. <laughs> we and, were all together, um, y'all. Yes. And I <laughs> finished out California <laughs> in an actually diverse community. Like that was yeah. my first time being in the majority, like a school with a majority of people of color. Yeah. You know? Black and, Latina. and my first, yes. Like we had so Black much connect. more of that. Mm-hmm. And I found myself with a lot more friends. I found myself being relatively popular. I was on the prom court, like in San Diego, that never probably would have happened for me. But um, there was more availability. I noticed also in an area with more people of color, there was more access to more trendier plus size things. There were stores that we didn't have where I lived by the beach with all, you know, the blonde, blue-eyed Baywatch people. And then you go an hour and a half inland and all of a sudden there's a rainbow. Okay. I don't care what anybody (laughs) says. I don't care what anybody says. Rainbow got me through 11th and 12th grade. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and everybody always told me how cute I look. So would I shop there now? Maybe not, but they got me through. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so it was, I think there was a reacceptance at that point. And then obviously after my weight loss journey and realizing that there was um, a lot more to what I was really looking for to find happiness, that was probably the ultimate accepting myself probably came around. Like I would probably say like 26 years old. So maybe like seven years ago. Wow. Wow. How did you get there? Did you see a therapist? Uh, were you doing journal prompts? Did you pray? Like, uh, it's more like, what didn't I do? Right. Because mm-hmm. I've tried everything like, and I've been very fortunate to come across so many different types of people in my life, people who are more spiritually aligned versus, you know, traditionally religiously aligned or people who are more creatively aligned as an outlet versus other people who are like, you need to go to a therapist and talk it out. And other people who are like, you know, what helps me is throwing paint at walls. And I'm like, what? (laughs) But you never know until you try. So I'll try almost anything. But I think just really the most important thing is listening to yourself. Sometimes I realize that I'm looking at what works for everybody else and trying it and wondering why nothing's working for me when really all I had to do was take a second by myself alone, disconnecting from everything that distracts me. And I realized that if I just go for a walk outside for 10 minutes, I'm probably going to feel a lot better. Or, oh, I haven't eaten anything all day. I bet you if I got something in my stomach or took five, like if I take 30 minutes to make myself a good meal in my own kitchen, that's therapeutic in itself. And then I also fix the problem of me actually just being hangry. Like I really had to learn to trust myself. And sometimes what I need is a therapist. And sometimes what I need is a walk. And sometimes what I need is to journal. Like it it changes, but I just had to be a lot more intuitive. And I just really had to trust myself and not worry about what everybody else was doing, but what was going to work for me. I love it. So Bopo. I, yes. It took me a minute. I was like, Bopo, what? what? What is going on? You know, I'm like, I'm like on it with, tre- you know, certain fashion trends, but then like culture, you know, certain cultural shifts. I'm like, wait, what's, what's going on? So Bopo, body positivity, what is going on? What is it? And, and why is it important? 
it's a loaded question because depending who you ask, this is a very controversial topic, right? Mm -hmm. Because anybody can be body positive. Um, we should all be positive about our bodies in a perfect world. Uh-oh, is this an all lives matter situation? Exactly, Uh-oh. right? Like that's where it goes. And so it, it becomes so controversial to where you're like, oh my gosh, come on guys, please. But at the end of the day, <laughs> if you're talking to me, yes. because again, even in the plus size community, I technically, by certain standards, I technically have my own privilege as a smaller fat person, okay? Mm-hmm. So I take that for what it is because I'm not here to tell people how to feel. All I know is how I feel. That's all I can speak on. For me, I would hope that every person I ever encounter in life has a moment in every single day where they look at themselves and they say, oh my God, look at you. You look so good today. That's my, my hope for everybody. And at my biggest or at my smallest, that's all I ever wanted for myself. And that's all I want for everybody else. I want you to appreciate you. I want you to appreciate your body. And I want you to appreciate what you can do today in this moment, no matter where you're at. It doesn't mean that you can't improve on something if you want to. And it doesn't mean that you're any less if things decline for a minute. All that matters is that this body that you have right now is still allowing you to do the majority of the things that you needed to do. Even on my worst day, I can still get up and walk to go get whatever I need. I can still do so much with this body that people tell me that I shouldn't be able to do because I shouldn't be healthy because I'm fat. And I think that if we remove a qualification from body positivity at its core, what it's about is really just giving ourselves the grace to not be assaulted by what we see in the media and not be bogged down by like these traditional ideas of beauty. Historically speaking, my body used to be what was in centuries ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you look like me, people know that you're eating good at your house. I'm desirable. Right. Somehow we evolutionize that hundreds of years later to where the smaller you are, the more worthy you are of attention. And I can't break that down for everybody. I don't know where we got that from. And I'm sure there are people who are more of an expert in that. All I know is that I just want everybody to take a moment every day to appreciate where you are right now, because you might be able to do something your body could never do before. And if you're not, you have the power to work towards that. And you can do whatever you want. You can, as long as you feel good, you can wear what you want. You can do what you want with your body. Like nobody can stop you. And so for me, that's where we go with body positivity. I just want people to love themselves at every stage within their bodies. You mentioned like there are different like sub communities within the community. So which community are you in or would you identify the most with? I guess I would probably just say, generally speaking, the plus size community, because a lot of people in that community come to me. Um, when they are looking for something specific to wear. I notice that if I post what I'm wearing, people want the details, right? The plus size community is interested. I try to support plus size designers. I try to support brands that specifically do plus size because I know that there's a huge gap in that market. And I know that because I've experienced that gap firsthand for the larger part of my life. And I was not here for it. So I try to be really mindful of that. Um, And obviously there are times where people who are not part of the plus size community are like, oh my God, where'd you get that from? And I feel so weird being like, they don't make it in your size. I'm sorry. Uh, I can't. I can't with you. 
I'm like, oh man, they started a size oh 10. No, I'm sorry. Like, I'm like, oh God, how weird that we've shifted to that, you know, but I'm, wow. I'm more of a, you know, I get referred to a lot and I always think it's such a funny thing, but they always call me like an in-betweener because I can shop at a lot of straight size stores and in their top two largest sizes. And then they're, when you go into the plus size realm, I've never been sized out. I've never been um, too big for their biggest size. Wait, so, so what I is feel- what is a straight size versus a plus size? Like, what is the what is like the industry standard ish? It changes every day. I feel like the I feel like the smallest size and plus sizes is increasingly getting smaller. I know when Torrid mm-hmm. back in the day when Torrid first came on the scene, they were like twelve to twenty eight, and now oh, they're wow. like size ten to thirty. Right, so wow. now. And most people will tell you that the standard woman is like a 16, 18 at this point. A couple of years ago, it was a 14, but the right. newest statistics are telling us a 16, even wow. an 18, like 16, 18. I'm a 16, so I'm technically average. So again, it's really hard in certain parts of my community because they're like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. But your stomach's kind of flat and you can shop almost anywhere yeah. versus you go up to a 22 or a 24 and all of a sudden it starts getting harder. Um So I would venture to say, if we're talking, even looking at like some of your fast fashion, they usually cap out at a 10 or a 12. So I'll say 10 is probably where we're going to start with a plus size. I think that's a a fair assessment. Some brands, you know, some of these brands and designers are killing it. They start at like an extra, extra small, a zero, a zero, double zero, whatever. And then they're going up into 30, 32. So So many. Oh yeah. And people I mean, I are can't just imagine. hopping on board. Like it's just, I mean, high-end designers, like bridge, bridge. And at brands. the end of the day, it's America, right? Like at the end of the day, this is where the money is. Yeah. Who, who's going to pay more? It's harder for me to find what I'm looking for. If you're making exactly what I need in my size and you're the only one doing it, I can't argue with how much it's going to cost me. Yeah. So you know true. what I'm saying? So there really has been a gap. It's it's a whole different kind of gap that you're going to see economically in those respective spheres of fashion, of style, of accessibility. And I'm glad that people are coming in with size inclusivity. I hate that they're doing it because it's where the money is. Mm. I hate that we have to ask them to do it. I think we should be doing it under the understanding that everybody's body is not the same. Therefore, why not make clothes for every body? <sighs> yes. I mean, you know, there are some industry folks, um, some of the arguments I've heard or, oh, it's going to cost more for production because it's going to require more material. And, you know, what if it doesn't sell? You know, there's all these questions or I can only afford to make a certain, you know, run of sizes, you know, and I have to stop here because my my budget isn't there. Um but these larger brands have no excuse. So I'm glad everyone is, is getting in line. <laughs> and let's be honest. Like if we really want to talk about it, hmm. there are no excuses. Indie designers are making, they're starting in just doing plus sizes, even though they know that the majority of their customers are going to be a 24 to a 28 and it's going to take more material. As a person who's starting a business, if you know what you're doing, Everything you're doing is priced to make sure that you make a profit outside of that anyway. So why can't you do that? If you decide to create a line that caters to more people, why can't you just build that into your pricing? I just don't understand how that becomes an argument um, when it's literally just like a mathematical equation. If you really want to do it, you can do it. And 
all businesses take a loss at some point. If you take a loss on one collection because you decided to do a bigger size, you can still recoup some of that in a clearance sale, but at least you tried and you could say that you offered it. And a lot of these brands do small runs. So I'm running to try to get something before it sells out because they're starting small. Oh my God. They offer quantity wise so fast. to make sure that it's even going to sell. So if you really wanted to do it, you would. If you don't want to do it, just say that. Well, they are now. They are now. They are now. Because you have to, but you have to look at Victoria's Secret. We had to go off, 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 off. And even then they're like, Victoria's Secret. I mean, you know, there's a lot going on at at that store right now. (laughs) And they were like, we're going to do it. That last video. (laughs) We're going to do it, but we are not thrilled. They're like, we're barely paying our employees want us to make plus sizes. So I get it, (laughs) but I just wish people would be more transparent. Don't pretend that it's too hard to do. Just say that you're too lazy to do it. Oh my goodness. Um, let's talk a little bit about language. Um, so plus size, some people would say, no, we should say extended sizes. Like what are like, what is the length? Like, what should people be considering when they talk about, you know, plus size or larger sizes or or women who are curvier as it relates to fashion and style and and how they are quote unquote perceived? And it's bright. loaded. No, it's so loaded, especially because again, I feel like I kind of get. <laughs> I feel like you go off on Instagram a lot, and and you're constantly correcting. So I was like, Sandra probably has a few in her bag that she could. Share. I am constantly correcting, <laughs> but I also am constantly being come for. Right, like people are like, yeah, 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 but also you can shop anywhere, and I'm like, baby, I'm trying to be on your team. Like we're all in this together. It doesn't matter who's bigger and who's not. We're all in this together. Yeah. Um, I think plus size, and it's hard too because so many people. Again, these are we're not just talking about like scarcity and availability for you to be able to have what everybody else has when it comes to clothing. We're talking about like literally your trauma manifesting in people looking at you Mm. and based on your body type, assuming what kind of person you are. So for me, for me, plus size is like a really good catch all term, right? So people are like, oh, do you, and, and I almost like, I had to stop mod- when I'm modeling, like I'd be, they're like, oh, um, what kind of stuff do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm a plus size model. And I was like, why am I saying that? Like, I'm a model. Yeah. Right. Like, why should we even have to delineate between, why do I feel the need to say I'm a plus size model? Because I don't want you to judge me when I say I'm a model because my body is bigger. Yeah. So plus size has become, I think, a really good catch-all. When I deal with certain men, if they were to say, oh, I like plus size women, that's probably a little more palatable than if they're like, I love big girls. I love it. And because yeah. I literally like can't listen to them after that. I <laughs> I, I want to vomit. Um, I really, I really hope we phase out the antiquated terms like full figured, right? Yeah. Because when a brand talks about full figured, that tells me that they don't really know what they're talking about or they're trying to sell clothes to like my great auntie. They're not yeah. trying to sell them to me. My mom. Um, <laughs> and even that, I mean, and she's my auntie, not my great auntie. I wouldn't even yep. put her in those clothes because she's got she style do too. It. She wouldn't do yeah, it. She's got <laughs> style too. So she would never, and she can, she's old school. She can make her own clothes if she has to. We don't That's got true. it like that. Yeah. I wish we would have learned that skill. But, um, I, I really don't like full figured. I really hate when people break out the real old words, like Rubenesque. I'm like, oh, please stop. <laughs> but I'm like, 
please stop. I feel like plus size is very widely accepted. I feel like when we're talking about fashion in terms of like off the rack or like buying size wise, I think size inclusive is good. Mm -hmm. Um, you just have to be careful with that because again, this is a very nuanced topic. So when you're saying size inclusive, that does not mean that you're going to a three X because a three X could be a 14, a three X could be a 28. We don't know what your three X is. So, um, there are brands that are like size inclusive. And then you go to look and you're like the biggest they have is a three X and that's meant to fit a size 20, but I'm a 24 and that's not computing. So, because we live in a society where sizes are so skewed across the board, there is no uh, regulation. There is no consistency. It's very hard. So I feel like plus size is relatively good as a benchmark. I don't think that we have gotten to a point yet where we have the right term that appeases everybody in every, every spectrum of this community. Because again, there are a lot of subgroups. Um, I started to not really love the curve aspect either. Cause I feel like mm. when you say curve model, you're, it, when you say curve model, people tend to think of the smaller, the smaller bodies that are still big bodies. So yeah. again, you're saying curve model, but really you're showing an average body an eight to a 12. Cause you know, the modeling community really it's a zero, a two, maybe a four is your standard supermodel. So if you're going to show me a girl who's a size 10, <laughs> tell me she's plus size, then that's very, very offensive to the girl who's actually buying those clothes in a size 22, but yeah. she can't see what it would look like on her body. And we are getting better. These, yeah. these sizes are getting real good, especially when they are size inclusive, so to speak. They're getting really good at showing you what it looks like on Brenda, who's a size two, yep. and Brittany, who's a size <laughs> 22. And I'm here for that because girls always, they're like, okay, that looks really cute on you, but I want to see what those jeans look like over a fupa. And I'm here for that. Cause I'm the same. I'm like, can I see the back view of that shirt? Cause I got this back roll situation. I need to know what it looks like. <laughs> and I think that with more transparency and fashion, we can hopefully start not having to put a label on it. Yeah. I would like for you to be able to see what you want to wear and see how it looks on your body instead of you having to qualify what your body is based on a term. I don't think we need to be doing that. It's played yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, Lizzo just dropped rumors <laughs> with Cardi B. Yes. We love it. We love her. And she was, you know, recently in the news for breaking down in tears on her Instagram live. Um, you know, just explaining to her fans that, you know, the hateful comments that she's been receiving, you know, really took a toll on her. So it's like, how do you combat the haters or block them from polluting like your inner spirit? I mean, it probably sounds really cliche, but at the end of the day, anybody who's coming for me is just trying to run away from what's going on with them. You know what I mean? You're not really concerned about my health. You're not really concerned about my body. And again, I I did the 5K, 10K thing, but I could probably outrun you. I was at yoga the other night and this man was next to me. He shows up for yoga shirtless in like five inch shorts. And he was like, you, he's like, I looked at you all class to make sure I was getting the pose right. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. I am very strong and bendy, even though my body, (laughs) you think I'm not, I am. And he didn't, again, he didn't qualify the compliment. He just said, I don't, I wasn't being weird. I was looking at you all class because I wanted to make sure I was doing it right. And I was like, that is so cool because my body can do a lot of things that everybody else's can. And if it couldn't, it wouldn't make me any less of a person. But if you are so concerned about my body and my health that you just feel the need to spam my Instagram with it, I'm actually worried about you. 
<laughs> yep. Um, I already know what's going on with me. What's going on with you? I love it. I love and it. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. This doesn't even happen to me that often. I mean, the last time somebody really came for me on Instagram, I posted like being on a horse in Cuba and they were, they were sending like animal activists to my page. Okay. Wow. Not to mention that I asked the people in Cuba, I was like, Hey, is this horse going to be okay? Like I'm kind of a big girl. They said, this is his workout for the day. This is our strong horse. You're going to be fine. I was like, okay. And obviously if I thought I was abusing an animal, I would not have done it. Wow. Um, but that's the angle people came at me from, which was crazy. Wow. But imagine being Lizzo. Like, I mean, I maybe had like 15 people leave a mean comment and all of my, the people who are in my community on Instagram were going ham on them. I didn't have to say anything. They were like, are you serious? I was like, guys, 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 it's fine. Come here, come back. <laughs> oh, I just want harmony. But imagine being Lizzo and it's like, nothing you do is ever enough, really. Like all you do is crank out good music and try to be you're just being yourself. She inspires people by being herself. I don't think she's trying very hard uh, to live out loud. And we just get to be lucky enough to be inspired by it. And then they still want to come for her. Like, how could she not break down? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Um, and it's she's human. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's just the breaking point, right? She deals with this every day. They just caught her on a day where it hurt a little bit more. But anybody who's coming for you, whether it's over your body, how you live your life, whatever, sometimes it's just easier for people to focus on what you're doing than what's going on with them. If you need to come over here to do that, I guess that's what I'm here for. Welcome to my community. I'm here for you. (laughs) I love it. You're making it sound like rehab. (laughs) I'm like, come on over. You, you let that out on me and I'll just Oh my goodness. I cannot with you. Um, so you have a phenomenal social platform curves and a carry on. So what inspired you to create this and how, how do you build community? Because you have such a great one. Um, I'm very lucky. I wish that there was a secret formula. There is not, but what I will say, and I've told you this, I tell everybody this, Uh, being yourself will always pay off authenticity and being genuine with people will always go much further than whatever it is you're trying to create to bring people in. And I started Curves and a Carry On because I knew it was time to move away from C. Sandra Slim because I didn't Mm. care about losing weight anymore. Wow. Uh, I don't, I don't weigh myself anymore. And again, these are very personal decisions. It's just what worked for me, but I realized that those things were making me obsessive about my body and about my weight. And they were taking away from me realizing what I could do. waiting for a certain number on the scale, waiting for a certain number on the tag of my clothes. All of that was taking away from what I was able to do. And so it was time for me to really reassess. And I realized that I didn't care about running or working Mm. out, um, not fanatically enough for it to keep being my platform. Yeah. So I was like, this is not, see Sondra Slim is not who I am anymore. That's not my goal anymore. Cause I realized over that transformation, I realized that that was never what I was really looking for. Yeah. So I had to start at the drawing board and I'm like, okay, what, what really drives me in life? And the fact is, is that, you know, honestly, being bigger has led to all these opportunities for me because people needed bigger bodies to be on display and they chose me. So that was a big part of it. And not because I particularly enjoy being in front of the camera. I don't. Um, but I think it's very cool to see other people's interpretations of you. I think it's cool to see yourself the way that other people see you. And I really love working with different photographers and getting to see their interpretations of me. Yeah. Um, it always makes me really happy because usually I never I'm looked at it like that. I'm like, huh. It always, I'm always so honored 
to see a photo of myself and be like, who is that? Because that's that person telling me what to do and where to do it. And then that is them looking at me, putting me in that scenario translated to this photo. And then I look at myself and I'm like, how dare you ever be mean to yourself? Mm. Look at you. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And so it's a very powerful thing for me. So that was big. And then also I love to see the world. Traveling is the one thing that literally drives me to get to work every day and finish the shift and pick up the extra shift. And, and, um, all I want to do is connect with more people and see more of what the world has out there because we don't realize how small our bubble is here. Yeah. So that was curves and a carry on curves is me, you know, the whole curve model plus model life. And then a carry on literally, I mean, I don't know how many shoots I've done internationally. And I literally, packed Oh my God, you guys literally went to Greece with yes. a the, the, the Greek photo, like the photos <laughs> in Greece, you guys, I mean, I'm going to have to put some of the links in the bio because when you sent those to me, I, I was just like, shut the front door. It was like, goddess energy like just shut it down it was so good i only took a carry-on on that trip okay all those clothes <laughs> well all uh, that yeah the bikinis <laughs> well like, i mean i was they were like how did you? i was like don't ask no question for what it is my parents were in the military i am a rolling fiend that is um, so funny um you know you've worked with so many major brands can you just you know name a few just like Give us the list. Go um, off. Go off, Sandra. I've got, I've been, again, very lucky. I got to work with Skims. I got to do work for Sauge Fenny. I got to do work for um, Curvy Kate. I did like a whole national model search for their American model. I, I was a finalist. Didn't win, but it's fine. I still got to do a really cool shoot with them. Um, God, there's so many. I worked with Torrid. I worked with Fashion to Figure. I worked with... Who else did I work? I'm like, you I know. know. Wait. I'm like, did you... Oh, 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 um, the athletic, um, oh, athleta. where, yeah, athleta. and fabletic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've worked with, I, I, there's so many, I know. I don't know. I'm kind of blanking. I mean, they're on Instagram. You'll see. Yeah. Um, I'm, it's really cool too. Cause there's just brands, there's brands and companies that I just love to support. And then it's cool. Cause then they come back like, Hey girl, we didn't know you were down. Like what's <laughs> <laughs> or they reshare my content. And that's always so cool too, because I'm out here. Like, I don't just do it because it can pay money or get you free clothes. I do it because I genuinely love to see what's out there. I love to see the trends and how we translate them. I love to, I love to put them on display just like anybody else. And when I get inspired to create content, it's so cool that there are so many more options out there now. And I just really want everybody to see them because people are like, I could never wear that. And I'm like, uh, I have back rolls and I wear it. So let me show you. And then you tell me how you're feeling about it. And it's so cool when people are like, hey, this community I built, I mean, there's like 11,000 something people. But when I tell you that I will answer anybody who DMs me, I will. And they're always like, thank you for answering. And I'm like, I'm nobody. You're welcome. And thank you for asking. <laughs> Whatever. You, for you are somebody. Answer. You are. You we are. are. We are all somebody. But I just think it's so funny when people think that I literally wouldn't. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, some people don't. Like, some people really don't. Which I realized because I'm sometimes I'm like, hello, cute photo. You got 8 million likes on it, but can you tell us where we buy it? Because what's yeah. good? You yeah. know, so I get real mad when people do that. So I'm always really happy when people are like, hey, I bought this because of you. And then they want to show me. Like mm-hmm. I have girls showing me their first bikini that they've ever 
bought. They'll post it on their timeline. And they're like, this is the first time I've ever worn a two-piece and not the first time I've ever put my body on Instagram. And Ooh, then they tag, me. they tag me because they're like, I saw you. And I'm just like, no, nope, I'm not there yet. Mm-mm, nope. You don't have to be be because nobody, it's all at your own time. And I'm grateful that I got there. I think I wore my first bikini in 2014. I bought it at Victoria's Secret and I wore it in Hawaii. Was it 2014? 2013 or 2014 was my first like, my first like full, like not a tankini. Because remember, accessibility, all we could get for a minute was tankinis or swim dresses. The ruffles, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you get in the water and your skirt's up at your chest and you're like, what was the point of this? So, I mean, it's just really cool when people take what I have worn or when people just, just because the way I talk about it for them to come back full circle and be like, I did this because of you. Or when I do a closet sale on my Instagram, like the fact that people are snatching my stuff up in two seconds, they're like, I loved when you wore this, I'm going to buy, or I know if it looks good on you, it'll look good on me. Like that feels so good. Cause we really are all in this together. It doesn't matter if we're smaller than each other or bigger than each other. Like we got, it's just like with anything else in this world, we got to rally behind each other in order for us to get to the next step together. If we're not going to leave each other behind as we evolve and hopefully like progress for the better, we have to do it together. It doesn't matter if I'm bigger than you or smaller than you. If you find inspiration in that I'm here, that's all I can do. All I can do is be here. And I hope that it always translates to something good. But every time people come to me, I literally am in tears and so happy with it because they do not have to care anything about what I'm doing with my life. I'm just another person on this great big planet. And the fact that it means anything to them and inspires them to do something that makes them feel good and makes them see themselves in a different light with more confidence and more self-esteem, like that's the most I could ask for in this life. I love it. You know what? You are an influencer. You are, you are. And, you know, we have our talks about social media, which, oh my goodness, it's just like this beast. I just, I'm like, ah, you know, I just feel like I want to be cooped up in my little, you know, in my little apartment and do my thing, you know, just be with my kids and have fun and wear my little outfits, but not necessarily post them all the time. Um, so it's a business y'all. Like I, I would not consider, I am a podcaster. I am a writer. I am a fashion expert, but I am no like IG influencer, like far from it, but you're so good at it. So <laughs> in terms, <laughs> you are in terms of like content building, my good content is like a full time job. My goodness. Where do you get the, like the concepts Where do you get the inspiration? How do you map these things out? How do you ensure that it's an authentic reflection of you? Like, how do you do this? And, and like work at the same time. I mean, let's be honest. If you're out here, if you are at the, at its very base level, if you are an influencer, it means that you have an influence, right? All of us have, you know, somebody at work who, if you have a question about something, you know, the best place to go out to eat, you know who to ask. If you know that you're looking for something specific, you know who to ask. There are people that you go to for certain things in life. Fortunately for me, when people are looking (laughs) for, you know, trendier plus size clothing and they don't want to break the bank, we can't all be, you know, at the designer places. Can't be in Fendi. Can't be in Fendi. We can't all be in Fendi. We can't. We just can't. 
especially because we are still working full time. Y'all like we got things to do. So (laughs) I feel like at its base level, I know where to find those things. I'm relatively up to speed on what the trends are and where they're going because I care about the stuff. That stuff is very interesting to me. It doesn't dictate my life, but it makes me happy. It makes me happy to know those things. So, um, the guy I was dating the other day made a joke uh, cause I had said I have eye problems and he was like, what do you mean you have eye problems? I was like, everything I like is expensive. Like I just look at it and, like, <laughs> so oh, true. So and then I pick it up and I'm like, why is it the most expensive thing in the store? doesn't matter what store I'm at. It's always yep. like the most Same here. Thing. It's and in our I'm blood. Like, it's in our DNA. It doesn't matter if I'm a dollar tree or target, I'll be a dollar tree and pick <laughs> the one thing that costs $5. And I'm like, hello. So, um, I think so that, I think that the main thing is having that discernment with these trends with, and also, again, I've been exposed to so many different things culturally through travel that like my brain is always just like pulling inspiration from crazy colorful things or patterns, like all these things. So, you know, when it was swimsuit time, uh, Tabor Majors came out with her line with fashion to figure. She had this white suit with these cute cutouts and this gold buckle on the bikini bottom and on the top. And I was like, oh my God, that's a yacht moment. Like that is not just a white bikini. That is like a white bikini for a yacht party. Me buy it. Also me don't have plans to be on a yacht. Um, so I was like, okay, now I need to know, I need to have this in my arsenal because I'm going to find somebody with a boat and I'm be like, listen, I have this suit and I need to, and it just so happens that I'm like trying the suit on and the guy I'm dating is like, I don't have a yacht. Cause I told him, I said, it's a total yacht bathing suit. Like I'm really excited. I came out with you. I was sick in the hospital. I was in Miami and I had yacht plans with that bathing suit, but I ended up in the hospital and didn't get to wear it. He was like, I don't have a yacht, but I have a boat. And I was like, I'll take it. I was like, we can wear it on the boat. (laughs) So most of my inspiration is very random. Like I, I buy things thinking this would look great like this. And then once I find the location, I've also been very lucky again, living in San Diego, we had so many cool spots and here in Atlanta, we also have so many cool spots. So I mean, there's inspiration everywhere, but again, just go with what you love. Like I've never had a problem as long as my concept comes from something I'm genuinely excited about that always translates to the pictures, which always translates to people being interested in the content. And I, I don't do it for numbers, which makes a big difference too. I could care less if my post goes viral, I could, I could care less because there's going to be one person who's like, girl, where did you get that? Yeah, You know, or there's going to be one person who's like, I eat that my favorite compliment on my pictures, people are always just bringing up my smile. It doesn't matter what I'm wearing. They're like, it's that smile. And I'm like, Oh my God, thank you. Because those smiles are genuine. Cause again, I work with people who like, I'm having so much fun making the content and keeping it true to me and authentic to what matters to me that I think it really translates to the photo. I don't really have to stage things cause I'm genuinely yeah. enjoying it. So take your life and make it the backdrop for your content because we want all anybody wants to see, speaking for myself at least, all anybody wants to see is what you're really doing. Mm. And that if you is follow me on Instagram, you know, I don't post a lot. Oh, on we Instagram. know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't post a lot on my actual feed. Yeah. If I'm not inspired, I won't do it because if it's not going to authentically resonate with me or be fun for me, then I'm just not going to post anything. Yeah. But if you're, if you follow me, then, you know, my stories are lit every day with whatever shenanigans are happening in my crazy <laughs> life. And I'll be honest, that's where all my engagement is. Like I have more fun talking to you guys with those reactions than I could care about any comments on a post. Like could care less. I love it. Well, who are some of the influencers who have influenced you or inspired you? You mentioned Tabitha, of course. 
Tabor Majors. Yes. I, 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 I always call her Tabitha. My I goodness. I won't tell please her, don't, but please don't, because we want to have her on the it. show. I'm so fix sorry. It. <laughs> fixing um, it, fixing it. But I we love want her okay. on the show. Love her, first of all, because she really changed the game for like more provocative clothing, especially yeah. the laundry and swimwear for bigger bodies. She's killing it. And I know she personally, for me, if I see her wearing it, I'm like, oh, cool, cool, cool. If she's wearing it, I can wear it. Like I I uh, relate to her body type. So I genuinely Mm. feel like if something looks pretty good on her, it'll probably look pretty good on me. I just need it like one size bigger. And then part of why I transitioned from C. Sondra Slim to Curves and a Carry On, one of my biggest inspirations and one of the biggest reasons I got into blogging was because of Gabby Fresh. Oh, one of the OG plus size fashion bloggers. Like she is the original gangster. And I met her at one of her (gasps) castings. couple years ago when she was doing one of her collections with swimsuits for all. And even though it was a model casting, yeah, I still fangirled out and had a conversation with her and took a photo with her because I don't care. <laughs> I think it's really important to give people their flowers. I don't care if you're getting them every Agreed. day from anybody else. I still want to give you mine because you made an impact on my life. And she was amazing, but she was the OG, like plus size fashion blogger, like was creating lookbooks and was finding things for us that we could not find anywhere else. Like I did yeah. not know about ASOS until Gabby Fresh. I didn't know I could fit ASOS straight sizes, like a size 14. Wow. Until Gabby Fresh, let alone that they had a curve collection. Yeah. So she really changed the game. And I still, to this day, adore following her. But I mean, I found her, I think in 2011, 2012. Oh, wow. So, she was really? she was the first one for me. I didn't even know plus size bloggers were a thing. Yeah. And she made me want to be one, but because I didn't have the resources that like financially to do a bunch of fashion hauls and stuff, it was easier for me to do like my health journey and like throw some fashion in there. And then over time, once it got to a point where I could where I had to realign myself with what I want to do, she was a huge inspiration for me for curves and carry on, like the lookbooks, the everything. And I, I will never do it the way that she does it. But she was a huge inspiration for me. I think Ashley Graham resonates with a lot of us in this community. She really was. um, She really did come forward and make the way for us. I still would. I know a lot of people in this space would argue that she's not authentic. Like, you know, she's not really plus size per se. But again, every revolution, every revolution needs to take baby steps. And she was a big baby step for us. And we're going to take it. Um, and she also, again, very, very, very true to herself with all of her content. I think it's really cool that we get to see her at every stage in her life and her embracing it, not complaining, not, not explaining herself when she started getting smaller, losing weight. You don't have to explain yourself because it's your body and you do what makes you feel good. And if that means that you don't fit into this, fit into this community anymore, that's okay because you have to take care of you. Yeah. Nobody else will. And so I think she's a big one too. Um, I hate when I get questions like this because all of a sudden the people that are at the forefront of my mind. I know. <laughs> so I'm going way back in the archives. Obviously oh we said Tabria. I also think. Um, Tabria, Tabria, Tabria. Yes. Gotta get it right. Leticia Thomas. She's Australian, but she does a lot of work in the plus space too. And she was one of my favorites on YouTube. She does really cool lookbooks, um, or she did. I don't know if she's still doing them, but I was obsessed with her. And she also had a collaboration with Fashion to Figure. Oh, wow. I really love that she takes that like sexy feminine look and really translates it to make it accessible for people who wear bigger sizes. She's again on the threshold there where she could do like 
kind of both ways, but I love that she really helps, um, emphasize like the femininity of the curvy body. I think that Mm. we've really gotten away from that. I think that we are, I think a lot of times we have a tendency to act like we're just dressing up fat bodies to make them more palatable when Mm. at the end of the day, um, any body is powerful and palatable. It doesn't matter if you want to wear nothing or if you want to wear everything. I think that really coming back to the femininity of curves is a really good reminder for all of us who struggle with our body image. And I love the way that she does that. I love it. I love it so much. Oh, I have like a million. I'm like, how do you crack the algorithm? Like there's just so much (laughs) I want to know. I know, right? Nobody knows the algorithm. Nobody knows the algorithm. I don't think Instagram knows their own algorithm. I'm pretty sure they do not because they don't even know who they want to be anymore. But I, again, I will say it time and time again, be yourself. If you can come out here and from day one, you show us who you are and you show us the evolution of that same person every day. And we feel like we know you, you are going, the numbers will come. If you care about the numbers. She says it all the time. She says it all the time. But don't, don't do it for the numbers. Do it because you want to connect with people like you. I have connected with amazing people. I mean, one of the people that was going to be in my wedding, I canceled. I met on Instagram. She was in my comments. She said, I just moved to San Diego and I just love you. And I think we would be good friends. We should go do lunch did. And now two years later, that's my ride or die homie. Like when she wants to go somewhere, nobody else will go. She knows she can call me and vice versa. And that's because of Instagram and a plus size travel group on Facebook that led us to each other on Instagram. Like the communities are out here and they are crazy and we are all looking for each other, but we Mm. can't find you if you're being somebody else. I cannot find you if you're pretending. So don't pretend. Be yourself. That's the word. That is gonna, a word. I think I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. Don't try to steal it. I'm a trademark. Oh, okay. okay. You got it, girl. Everybody out there. I'll buy one. There, I can't find you if you're not being <laughs> I love it. I'll take that one. Okay. So you mentioned, you mentioned a few brands uh, during our conversation. Like, are there a few that are just like your go-to where you're just like, yes, yes, yes. Is it fashion to figure? Is that one? I freaking love fashion to figure. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but every time they drop something, I'm like, listen, even if it looks kind of funny at first, I'm like, I yeah. don't know if I can wear that. It comes in the mail and out of everything I order, the one thing I was unsure about ends up being my favorite. Wow. Also, let me tell you why I stand fashion to figure because when they did their first collab with Tabria Majors for swim, they brought not one, but two thong bikinis for plus sizes. And guess what? They ran big. So I had to size down to wear it. Guess how often that happens in plus size swimwear? Never. So I think the fact that they are willing to bring in influencers or like popular plus size people to do collabs with and the fact that they are not scared to take the clothes that most people say bigger bodies shouldn't wear and really run with it makes me love them only that I have is that they sell out very, very fast. And when they sell out, it does not always come back. And that is very frustrating for me because I want it all, but I love them. Um, it took me, they were on my radar until a few years ago and wow. they are just, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. And everything I wear from them, people are like, Oh my God. And I'm like, fashion to figure. They're like, what? And I'm like, how are you mad at fashion to figure when you're clearly not looking at the website? Because I can't stop getting things from them. Wow. I love so it. I stand fashion to figure. They're exclusively plus size too. So I think they are also size 10 to 20 
eight or 30. Wow. I have to fact check that. But um, their sizes run, they do zero, one, two, three, four. So they oh, okay. they number their clothing kind of like toward, I'm generally mm-hmm. a one in all of their clothing. And um, which again, I think being at the smaller end of plus size, considering like by consideration of other people being average size yeah. 16, I think that if I'm a one and they go to a four, that that's a pretty good, we could be doing better inclusivity wise, but it's a pretty good start. And it's pretty industry standard. Um and it's, I mean, they have something for everybody. I can't say enough about them, honestly. They should be paying me for this endorsement. I'm like, I mean, I, I'm like right in that middle, that middle I'm size. You, in-betweeners are a real thing. Yes, I'm in, in between, pretty- like, especially like the 10. Uh, it's like, and, and then also it's just like, nobody is alike. Like, you know, it's just, and then different designers cut differently. It's so interesting how people will just look at you and just assume like what size you are. Like people look at me and they're like, oh, you must be like a four, six, six, eight, eight, ten. You know, and I'm like, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> but also, but then they're like shocked. They're like, oh, my God, like, like, I'm like, is that a bad thing? Like, like, what are we doing here? You know, I I think that each body is different. And also I like a looser fit. You know, I'm not like really like a, like a bodycon girl. So I like a little, you know, a little room, a little, you know, like a, a nice little shift draw, you know, that's just me. So of course I'm going to size up, but people just like, it's, it's crazy how people just assume things about people and, and, and project their own judgments on you based on your size. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, you know that my closet is a revolving door of people. You know, I'm constantly giving clothing away. I'm constantly donating clothing. I have a friend. She is bigger than me size wise, but she's also shorter than me. Mm-hmm. And she was at my house and I was like, oh, actually. And I was like, just going through my closet one day. And I was like, oh, I want you to have this stuff. I think it's going to look really good on you. And she was like, um, skinny bitch, I can't wear this. And I was like, First of all, why would I insult you by handing it to you if I didn't think it would fit you? Exactly. So I've literally been working in the plus size sphere for a very long time on the front lines in the toward fitting room. So I think you're going to need to listen to me really quick. So imagine the reverse of that. Imagine being the person who's trying to encourage somebody and imagine that they can't even look at the clothing just because it looks a certain way. They think that it won't fit them. Yeah. When in reality, every single thing I put her in fit her perfectly. And she was like, this looks so, she's like, not to make this about me, but it looks so good on me. I was like, what did you think I was doing when, (laughs) why would I, it's the insecurity. I I think, you know, there's so much of that. We start to look at ourselves the way that other people have told us they see us instead of looking at ourselves for what our bodies actually look like. Somebody says one thing to you, you know, I have a little speech impediment. I have a slur. Never knew until somebody brought it up when I was like 15 years old. And I was like, bro, I was like, excuse me. And then I was like, now I see it. You know what I mean? And now I tell people about it. And I was just like, this is so crazy because until somebody said something, I had no idea. Wow. Until somebody called me fat, I didn't think I was fat. Mm. You know, till I was seven years old and somebody said something on a school bus and started singing 1-800-94-Jenny at me. <laughs> wow. Then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm fat. Like, That's terrible. Oh my gosh. I, I totally forgot about that commercial. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute. Because he sang it when I got on the school bus every day. Wow. For a week until the school bully who sat in the back of the bus literally threatened him one day 
And I was so scared of her, but she was actually standing up for me. And I was so, I was like, let me just run with this because I want to upset her. Um, But again, that was me deciding who she was. And then she got tired of fun of me. And she came for me, like came to defend me. And I was over here still scared of her off of what other people said, which is the perfect example that like, you never know how people feel about themselves. You never know how people feel about you. But that one person says something sideways to you and it changes everything that you thought you were worthy of. And I just really hope we get away from that because I don't think it matters. When people come up to me and they're like, you're so confident. I wish I was like you. They make it sound like I have no right to be confident in this body. Like, weird for me to be confident. Yep. If you could say me, how do you think the person who feels that's bigger than me and tells me I'm not big enough to be plus size feels? Like, I just think that it's so weird that we really have to qualify our compliments to each other or we really have to qualify, like, the clothes that we're wearing. The fact that I even have to say that they might not have somebody's size is so frustrating to me. And I understand that that's a much bigger scale of a problem that has to be attacked and we can't do it overnight. But the way that we talk to each other is actually really easily remedied. You don't have to come up to me and make any assumptions about me based on my body or the color of my skin or any of those things. It's just something that we decided we were going to start doing. And I think we could also decide not to. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, you know... you know, I was going to ask you, like, what the biggest misconception of, you know, plus size women uh, typically is, but you've addressed so much of it already. I think basically you answered the question. Um, but, you know, the fashion industry is becoming more inclusive. It's happening slowly but surely. Well, actually, a little faster now. Um, you know, we saw, I mean, precious walking down that runway for Versace. Did I, did I not DM you? I was like, Sandra, OMG. And she hit hit a Vogue cover that wasn't international. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. That walk. She in Brazil anymore. Thank you. She owned it. Like owned it. I was just like, girl, stop. It was just amazing. And then obviously Ashley, you know, Ashley's been in the game, but you know, walking in, I think she was in Christian Siriano show. And then she also did Fendi and I was like, Oh, okay. Fendi. Like we're all getting in the game here. So, you know, what can we do to ensure that this momentum continues and doesn't become sort of like a, Oh, this is what we're doing now, like a trend, but more of a mainstay in the industry. I really think that in general for the industry, I don't even want to make it just about plus sizes. I think we just really need to capture the idea that when we are looking at the, when we are sitting in these shows and we are watching people strut down these runways, I do not want to see a sample size. I don't care if it's the plus sample size. I don't care if it's the straight sample size. I want everybody to see a body that resonates with them. I think that we should have, if you offer size two to size 24, you should probably have the majority of that represented in your show. Because I think that if you are telling everybody they can wear it, you should be showing it too. Because a lot of people don't believe it until they see it on a body like theirs. I want you to ask the CEO of Torrid how much more denim they sold once they started showing those jeans on girls with fupas that are size 22 and not just a girl who's a size 12 that doesn't appear to have a stomach. 
because it makes a big difference. And let's be honest, at the end of the day, fashion is an industry for a reason. They're trying to be out here making money. And a lot of it, they're not throwing shows to nope. charge you nothing for these clothes. It's expensive to have a show. <laughs> I'm sure it is. And it's expensive to buy what they're selling at the show too. Yeah. So if you want to really, inc- if you really want to be about it, if you're really about that life, then you want to make sure that you have somebody who represents the mom who used to be a size four and now she's a size 12. Are, are, are we Maybe doing a cash not... money situation right now? You just said about it, about it. And I was like, oh yeah, about it, about it, about it. I love it. Everybody wants to say they're on board with body positivity or size inclusivity. Everybody wants to jump on the train, but not everybody wants to jump off when the train's yeah. about to crash. You know what I'm saying? And you got to be down both ways. Like if yeah. we're wrong, the bank, then we're robbing the bank. <laughs> so I want oh my goodness. my money. If you are coming to take my money because now you're offering my size, you better make sure somebody who looks like me is represented, like show me what it looks like on them. And I think that that should be, I think that it's great that we have Precious and we have Ashley. I think it's great, but I still think that they are a very glamorized version of Mm. a plus size body. And I think if you really want to gain momentum, and I think if you really want to make an impact, then you need to take what maybe seems a little more imperfect, so to speak, and that needs to be highlighted. Because if you look at Rihanna doing the Savage Fenty fashion show on Amazon. Oh my goodness. Listen, epic. You had so much representation for the LGBTQ community, the plus size community. You had your celebrities that were in there were of all different body types, colors, representations. How do you have Lizzo, Lil Nas X, and Rihanna all wearing the same brand? Like, and Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton was up in there. Thank you. Please explain to me, please explain to me how everybody cannot be doing that. She's doing fast fashion and it's like all made in China. If she can do it and you're trying to sell $400 something, I know you can do it. And I want to see more. I Seeing Lizzo in those lingerie sets is so much more impactful for somebody who has a standard plus size body with its tummy, with the rolls, with the bigger arms. Like that's what we needed to see. Not just because it's Lizzo, but because when we see that body, it resonates with us. We know what it's like to dress that body. And I feel like if we took that step, represent all the bodies and all the bodies are going to buy the clothes. Like this is not rocket science. (laughs) You're just lazy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You're just I like- feel I feel like it's so interesting to see. Um, you know, folks were calling out designers who were not using like diverse models in terms of race. And then it shifted, you know, to gender inclusivity. And I also think they're being more uh, aware of the representation of bodies as well, because some, some of the campaigns I've been saying, I'm like, oh, wow, this is like a mix, like a mix of real people. Like what's happening here? And, and people are actually calling brands out if they're not fitting a certain way or, or not offering a certain thing, or even the way they present the brand now, like Gen Z is like, Mm-mm, like we need some diversity up in here, you know? So it's really, really interesting to see. And, you know, I, I, I hope that we can just continue to move forward. Who knows? You might see me in a bikini on a yacht very soon. I don't know. I don't know. Before I, I will get on a yacht in a bikini. You oh can keep playing, goodness. but it's highlighted mission to make sure that happens before we leave this earth. I don't care. You guys, how you feel. when I do it, I will put it on Instagram. It will be there. 
It will be there. It's going to happen. Everybody has to take their time to get there. I know yes. you'll get there. Taking my time. Taking but my time. But it's about right for you. You do it when you feel good about it. I love and you so much. I love you so much. You're so great. I ain't dying about it happening. I'm not dying before that happens. Oh, Lord. But, you know, this is a fashion moment. And I know you've shared one in the past. But is there another that you can share with us? One that was very impactful, one that was like magical, and you were just like, oh my God, like this is such a fashion moment. Okay, mine's gonna be really basic, but I'm gonna <laughs> share it anyway because I think about it all the time. I will never forget when I walked into Tord a couple of years ago. I'm sorry, not Tord, Target a couple of years ago, and they had plus size mannequins. Okay, plus size mannequins in Target. And I was sitting there and I was like, the fact that they can represent plus size models in all of their marketing, like on their website, um, on their signage in the stores. But now that they even brought the mannequins out and they're all like, I mean, literally everybody's chilling, regular mannequin, big body mannequin. We were all chilling together. Where <laughs> And I was like, listen, because wow. they've actually made a really good, um, They've made a really good plan phasing in more plus sizes. They've always been, when I was younger and there was nowhere else to go, I went to Target for a lot of things because they always had a double XL. And even in girls' clothing, I wore like a 16 in girls up until fifth grade and they always had it. So if I needed something, we knew if like I was in all those talent shows with skinny girls all the time. We knew get the same matching outfits if we went to Target. It was the only way. So Target will always have my heart for that because I feel like they've always done what they could. Mm. But the fact they took it and ran with it, did they make, you know, did they make a point to put it in their marketing? Yes. But I don't feel like they ever were super boisterous or like disgusting about it. I feel like they were like, look, look, look at what we're doing. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, we make it bigger. And we even got big bodies to show you. Like they just did it. You just walked yeah. in and thought no there press was no release press announcement. There was no big push. They didn't come to all the plus size influencers and ask us to be a part of it. They just did it. Mm. And I just think that that is so important. Cause like I said, it's not rocket science. You just don't want to do it. And they were like, we going to do it. Cause we've been selling the big clothes anyway. So <laughs> we're just going to put the big body out there too. And it was, it really made me so happy. And same thing, I walked into Athleta earlier this year when they asked me to work with them when they introduced plus sizes. And they had a big mannequin, like they had a plus size mannequin doing a handstand. And I was like, you have- Stop it right now. Game, because guess what? Big bodies can do anything small bodies can do. All of our bodies have the same capabilities. We just, some of us got to work a little harder to get there. But they had this plus size mannequin doing a handstand. And I was like, thank you. They had another one, you know, cross-legged in the like yoga pose. And I was like, this is, this is authentic representation. And plus sizes are not the only representation that we're struggling with in fashion. But I think that because it is a really big subset Making those strides is going to make it easier to have more representation for the fashion industry when it comes to clothing for people who have different disabilities and all these different things like this is how we pave the way. So we're starting with the big bodies and walking into these stores and seeing that just makes my heart happy every time. Thank you so much, Sandra. Thank you so much. You're welcome back anytime, anytime. And and, And where can people find you? Obviously, my biggest platform is Instagram. That's where I hang out all day talking to all my virtual friends. So um, on Instagram, I am Curves and a Carry On. 
And I also, my blog, www.curvesnickcarryon.com. Those are my two main platforms. I've been kind of slow on my blog because travel hasn't really been a thing. So um, mostly what you'll see is on my Instagram stories with my leaky ceiling and um, all of my friends (laughs) here. (laughs) Welcome to Atlanta. (laughs) I'm just out here existing. And if you find me and you want to talk to me, do it. Because like I said, I answer. Also, she she answers as well because, you know, she used to be a 911 operator (laughs) and she always answered the call and she has some amazing, amazing stories. So definitely DM her about that. Starting back to 901 dispatching in Atlanta next month. So I will be here with more 911 stories coming your way soon. (laughs) And and don't, don't you call 911 to try to get in touch with Sandra. Just send her a DM. Just send her people DM. Ha- people have requested me. Please don't do it. That's not the kind of fame I want. Oh my! What? Get get off my get off my show, girl. <laughs> get off my show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining me for this week of a fashion moment. If you like what you hear, we'd love for you to join our community of listeners and spread the word about the show. We also want to hear from you. Share your favorite fashion moments and dream guests with us by sending an audio clip or email to a fashion moment podcast at gmail.com. Or you can tag us on Instagram at a fashion moment and you could be featured on next week's episode. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review and let us know what you think. Until then, see you next time for another fashion moment. Podcast production by Rebecca Rashid and John Taylor Williams. Digital media production by Megan Porras. This recording carries a Creative Commons 4.0 international license. Thanks to Patrick Patrickios for their song, Hot Coffee.